one of them um, I write about um, is Zach. I, um, and Zach um, told me that when he was about 10, his biggest challenge was the family, especially his siblings, were saying, oh, for goodness sake, stop, forget, you know, all this thing you talk about, all this nonsense about, you know, multidimensional realities and who you are and whatever. For goodness sake, get real. Get in the real world and, and start being normal. So he said to me, Mary, I tried for a while. I shut down all my awareness and I tried to do the 3D thing. He said, it became so bad for me that I wanted to take my life. Yes. He said, I was at the point where I could have easily taken my life because I just didn't want to be in that kind of cage, if you like. Yes. So he said, the, I made a decision that even if the rest of the family didn't get it and didn't understand, I needed to go back to my multidimensional self again if I was to survive on this planet. So he made the decision to um, connect again to everything that made sense to him. And that actually allowed him to be part of uh, the family again, but they had to accept his difference. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to ATP Media, Accentuate the Positive with Karen Swain. So great to be with you again. Look who I've got on the show with me again, the fabulous and delicious and gorgeous Mary Rodwell. <laughs> She's back home in Queensland, Australia, having travelled the world. When did you get back, Mary? Um, about just over two, I think two weeks ago. But it's been, I've been going somewhere every single month. So this is so lovely to be home. I know, and it's winter here in Australia. And even in Queensland, we've got our... You've got your woolies on because normally it's quite nice in Queensland and it's normally like, what, 20, 20 degrees or 25 oh, yeah. degrees? Yeah. Oh, and remember, too, if you're watching the shows, to like and subscribe and leave your comments in the comments. You know how I love to answer the comments and, uh, you know, there's always interesting things to say. Let me introduce Mary and then we're going to talk about the comments. Okay, so your bias, as they call her, the alien lady, Mary Rodwell, has been helping people activate and remember their life's calling and multidimensional selves while supporting and counseling the difference makers, the light weavers, the new world teachers, the star seeds, there's so many names that we can give us for over 30 years. Mary is recognized internationally as, a, as one of Australia's leading researchers and writers in the UFO and contact phenomena areas. But there's so much more to Mary than a researcher because of of course, you've been counselling people and healing people. And a lot of people don't understand your healing abilities and uh, that you're in direct contact with your multidimensional self as well. And uh, anyway, we'll go into this. Mary is an author of highly acclaimed book called Awakenings, How Extraterrestrial Contact Can Transform Your Life from 2002 and the producer of EBE award-winning documentary, Expressions of ET Contact, A Visual Blueprint. 2000 and Expressions of ET Contact, a Communication and Healing Blueprint, 2004, 
Her new book came out in 2016, The New Human, which you slaved over, didn't you? It was like... Um, <laughs> It was, it's, it's a compilation of all the people, children, predominantly you've, uh, inter, well, counselled and regressed and some of their stories. I've actually got the physical book, but I haven't had time to read it, but I love chatting to you about it. So we'll get into that. Uh, and you've researched and done more than 3000 cases and uh, suggested extraterrestrial counters are a global phenomena. And this is evident in the new human refers to star children. Mary affirms that star children exhibit a maturity and wisdom beyond their years and have an awareness and connection to spiritual realms. The indigo or crystal children, as they have been known, have telepathic abilities, are spiritually awakened and can describe many species of non-human visitors, human visitors with feelings that are as real as them as their own real family because they feel supported by them. Yeah, a lot of the kids don't feel like they're, they're, on, they're at home on earth, do they? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So they, where, where do you want to go? Where would you like me to head? I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I had the beautiful Vivian Chauvet on the show, the last show, and she's an Arcturian yeah. hybrid. And, yeah. you know, because I speak a lot about spirituality and cleaning up your thought forms and connecting to spirit guides and Jesus and afterlife phenomena, you know, I have a lot of that audience. And we had a conversation in 2016 with Catherine Hand, you know, before the Afterlife Explorers and, and the Close yeah. Encounters Conference about you speaking at spiritual conferences about ETs. And the question I posed was, you know, how does it dovetail? And uh, it really does. But just, I wanted to just share this comment with you. I just thought it was hilarious. Somebody said on the last show, you know, that she didn't want to seem like a Debbie Downer, but it's increasingly vital to maintain a level of integrity that one has more mainstream topics just to remain afloat in a sea of relative hostility. She's talking about the topics of my show. And she says, please know that my only intention is to cl clear voice amongst the countless fans and listeners. And as such, I'd like to tell you that I think this episode jumped the shark. <laughs> Have you heard of that expression? <laughs> no, but it's interesting. <laughs> Apparently, in the happy days, I had to Google it. They, they, did, a, they did a series in happy days when it was um, failing to get the um, viewers and Fonzie was skiing and he jumped a shark and they said, oh, this is ridiculous. It's just trying to, you know, get viewers yeah. by yeah. talking about ridiculous oh. things. So this woman saying that my episode with the Arcturian hybrid jumped the, jumped the shark, which I thought was hilarious. So she's not up to speed with how spirituality dovetails with the yeah. ET. Do you want to talk about that? I think it's a really good one. And uh, it's been one of the interesting things where we say, well, mainstream struggle with anything to do, even with, you know, uh, mediums and seeing spirits and what have you. And then you've got obviously all the ET stuff. So if you're still struggling with that, you're certainly going to struggle with non-human intelligences being part of that whole framework even those within the spiritual uh, metaphysical fraternity um, will often struggle when you get to, well, there's a, there's a, um, a blue being with black eyes um, standing by you as a spirit guide, for example, because, you know, some of my clients have seen that. They may have seen a mantid being 
as part of their spiritual guide or whatever and actually being quite confronted by this they may be in a spiritual group where they're expanding their awareness and they'll say to me mary my problem is that in my group they're fine with angels and fairies and elementals and spirit guides and what have you but for goodness sake you know i can't mention that i have a blue being that supports me for you know one of these intelligences they can't handle that so it seems like every one of us has a boundary in terms of what we accept as our reality and that boundary limits us from understanding that whatever we can imagine and beyond what we can imagine can perhaps be real and this is the big issue that i've had um, as a counselor and a therapist is i've had to realize that everything that i know is just a limited part of what could be and may well be and i can't have limits i can't have boundaries because as soon as i do that i shut off what i may need to know and we don't know what we don't know so yeah. as soon as you create a boundary you're limiting your understanding and for me when someone in hypnosis and believe me the things that come out in hypnosis are way beyond often what people would accept as their reality normally um, may see themselves going into dimensionally parallel universes, different timelines, being different beings on other planets, for example. And they'll say to me, you know, how, what do I do with that? Because that's not part of my conscious reality, but they've gone into that um, through the, the trance state. And I've said to them, well, if I'd said to you, could you imagine this as being part of your experience normally? Their, their first response would be, well, no, I couldn't in a million years imagine that. Yes. I said, so there you go. So there you have it because the subconscious is not editing your yeah. truth. And if it's weird and wonderful, it's probably more likely accurate than anything that you could have accepted with your conscious mind. Yeah. And that's actually turning it around and getting people to realize that a lot of these things, although on some level may resonate, they seem too incredible or too bizarre for them to actually take on board necessarily, at least initially, that this might be part of their reality. And it takes a while sometimes yeah. for them to sit with it and think, well, is this possible? Because my subconscious has come out with this. And, and people say to me, well, how do you know it's not their imagination? One, because their normal imagination wouldn't even think like that. Yeah. Um, and secondly, there's a different process in hypnosis between imagination and a, an experience. And the difference is actually very clear because I, if I said to them, think of your bedroom because it's something of your reality, you know your bedroom, you sleep in it every night, immediately in your mind's eye, you know where the bed is, you know where the, where the, the window is, you know where the door is because it's your bedroom, it's your reality. If I said create a bedroom, You'd have to think about it and it would be, oh, well, where would I put the bed? Where would the door be? Or what color would the curtains be? It's actually a different process. So that in yes. hypnosis, when they suddenly say, but I'm seeing this, yes. that's not creativity. No, they're not that is the thinking about it. Yes. So that's yeah. the difference. And, and that, because people often get very confused thinking it must be my imagination. No, with your imagination, you will have to create. Yes. You have to think about what you're going to create. Yep. Whereas in hypnosis, when you take somebody through a particular doorway and I say, look at your feet, 
immediately they're looking at their feet and they may say, well, I've got no shoes on. And I'll say, what, what are you wearing? And they'll say, oh, I'm wearing pajamas or whatever. It comes out spontaneously without thought. Yeah. And that's how I know it's part of their experience. And this is what a lot of people get confused about is, first of all, it challenges your reality often as not. But oh. secondly, it is spontaneous in, its, in the way that it unfolds within that, that whole scenario of hypnosis. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think our the human psyche is a very fragile thing. I had a conversation last night, Mary, we, a friend of mine took me to a sign language um, uh, lesson. And so I learned to sign some. Anyway, the lady giving it was deaf and we were talking about her and, and I said, she said, if she had the ability to hear today, if somebody could go in and fix her, she wouldn't do it. And I said, why? And she said, my brain is wired for a deaf person. I think, perceive like a deaf person thinks and perceive. If I had to change that to a hearing, it would have to rewire my brain and it would be really confusing for me. And I thought, yeah, and that's what's happening with this great awakening. We're rewiring our brains from a normal state of being for how we perceive reality to a new, and it's confusing for people, right? And they're kind of confused and, (laughs) you know, they're learning. I mean, you're absolutely right, Karen. The problem has been for the older generations of human is we've been so programmed into a 3D reality that says, unless you can touch it, feel it, see it, hear, et cetera, it isn't real. And that has been the programming from a small child. Even if you had a more awareness of seeing the other realms and seeing beings or seeing orbs or seeing energy fields, Ultimately, many shut down because they're afraid that if they own that that's what they see, then there must be something wrong with them or they're yeah. going crazy or they will go crazy if they go there. So that has been really effective, if you like, psychological propaganda mm. that says that this is all that's credible or whatever. And every one of us has to challenge that because we all understand if they're listening to this program, that we're multidimensional in nature and we have a whole other side of ourselves that's sensing, feeling, knowing, seeing, um, whether it's clairvoyantly or hearing clairaudently. These are actually part of who we are. And we have to rediscover that to make sense of this 3D world that most of the time people who shut down and only operate in the 3D world wonder why they're depressed, wonder why they can't make sense of anything. And it's because they haven't got the connection that they should have to make sense of what's going on and why this is happening, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. often that awakening, as, as many of your clients and mine have had, is once they rediscover that, then all of a sudden things start to fall into place. But it will challenge you because you suddenly realize there's a whole new multidimensional reality to you're exposed to now what do you do with that how do you operate so that you can make sense of it in your 3d world so i'm not surprised that this lady is suddenly saying hold on a minute it's one thing talking about spirituality it's another about saying so what is these hybrids you know hold on a minute well i'd like to say to her well the program is that we're all hybrids by the way 
Oh yeah. You know, and first of all, look at the DNA. There's your tangibility because we are, um, and there's, there's enough scientists that have come out with it, enough geneticists, whistleblower geneticists saying the evidence of us being created and spliced um, is there in our DNA. You can see it. So we have been a created species and all the gods that were considered gods are part of that creation because they've said so. They have said so in, in mythology, right from the Dogon tribe in Africa, right through to indigenous tribes that have said they're, the, they're the, our star ancestors, North American Indians. It's all there. You want to see the tangibility? That's your tangibility. So it does mean that as we get activated with our dormant DNA, and the scientists say that 95% of it they call the junk or dormant DNA, they don't understand it. As that gets activated, we're activating our ET DNA, mm. which makes us feel like a hybrid because we're, we're connecting then to our star family, mm. whether it's Arcturians, Andromedans, it's Orion or whatever. Although we've got all of it within our DNA. So you want to look at the tangibility. Is it so crazy now mm -hmm. that people are starting now to connect? to mm. what is in their DNA that's being activated. That's yeah. how it works. I mean, yeah. I've given, you know, there's the overview. If you want to go into that, that will tell you why now people are starting connecting to being hybrids. And I've got children telling me they're hybrids. I've got teenagers telling me that they're hybrids and what, what particular species they become aware they're connected to, whether it's Andromeda or Arcturus or whatever because mm. that part of their DNA that's in us is now being activated and they're connecting now to their star family, which is part of the awakening. So is it really so weird? Actually, no, it's not. Well, it's not weird when you think of it, when you think of life, you know, on a grand scale. And, and so like a lot of like you talk about, a lot of talk about ancient aliens and all that. When you sort of, if you don't think about life as now, like modern civilization, but you think about the evolution of humanity and how uh, you just look at the ancient pyramids, all these, these, these gods with, uh, you know, the ET head, bird heads yeah, and, yeah. and the, the Hindu philosophy with monkey yeah. beings and elephant head beings and, yeah. and we worship them as gods, but there are actually ETs that walked amongst us and as a human race, we were totally up for that, although they had... Um, more advanced maybe technology and consciousness than the humans so we called them gods and worshipped them like gods yeah. like a primitive society maybe yeah, a tribe exactly. would, if, if exactly. we were white people going in there with lighters and stuff and they you know yeah. like, ah. so um it doesn't seem so far-fetched but i think that our et brothers and sisters have been in contact with us throughout the whole of yeah. history yeah. And what's happening now is that it's not that they've come all of a sudden, it's just that we're becoming aware of them. That's, yes. Yeah, yeah. and we're aware, we're aware that it, they have been misinterpreted. I've, I've got a, a chapter, I call it the God chapter in my book, The New Human, and there's a couple of ministers of religion that have actually realised they've had ET contact and are putting it in the format of their Christian theology. But one of the profound stories was an Indian, a young Indian adult who um, said to me, Mary, he wrote to me and said, Mary, I know I'm a starseed. He said, but the problem I have in my culture with my relatives, with my family, and he said, uh, you know, my culture, 
they worship all these gods. He says, we've got hundreds of gods. We, they worship the gods, these gods. He says, but they're not gods, Mary. They're extraterrestrials. And they don't get it. They don't get that they're worshipping extraterrestrials. And he said, and that's my problem. Because I realize that. But how can I tell my relatives and my parents and, and those that are close to me that that's, that's not the way we should be going? So yeah. that is a, a, almost a really interesting perspective that he's got because of his own awareness of being a starseed. Yeah. So yeah. there you have it. Um, that's his difficulty. I've also had those within other religious belief systems write to me and their parents might be fundamentalist Christian. It could be a Mormon or it could be one of these other religions, but they um, recognize that the young adult recognizes their starseed status. And one of these was a, a young man in Australia who said his parents were fundamentalist Christians, but he knew he was a starseed. And he didn't want to break their heart by saying, I can't take on your belief system because it doesn't fit with what I know about myself. Mm. He was actually suicidal because he didn't know who to go to. He couldn't share it with his family because he didn't want to break their heart because he knew it would devastate them that he, you know, that he feels like this. Now this is what's going on. So we, you know, whether people are going to like it or not, we really do have to look at things from a modern perspective now and realize that a lot of religions, um, were they really a god or gods, or were they in fact very highly technological um, extraterrestrial beings mm. or interdimensional beings or transdimensional beings or hyperdimensional beings or visitors from our future? Because there can be all of that. Mm. Mm. So it's mind-boggling on one sense. It is mind-boggling. It is mind-boggling. Or even your future self as a galactic being. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, uh, even Vivian was saying in the last show, she said, you know, the Arcturians appear as this sort of beautiful, white, sort of angelic look. If you were to see them in your mind's eye, you might yeah. mistake them for a, an angel. And yeah. lots of people think they're talking to angels. They're actually talking to highly evolved extraterrestrial beings but yeah you know there's there's extraterrestrial and then there's extra dimensional do you want to talk about the difference between that well what our biggest issue is on this planet is even recognizing that we live in in one of many dimensions so that's the first thing so all of it in simplistic terms as i understand is frequency we are in a frequency where we appear solid to one another. The yep. reason we can't see um, spirits and a lot of other things is because they're just operating on a higher frequency. And some people can perceive them or feel them. Some can actually have enough of an ability visually to actually see them. That's when we talk about clairvoyance or, um, you know, because they can actually see another frequency. So mm. that's the dimensions. But it also appears that our reality whatever that is or how we understand our reality is that there may be beings that know that are not trapped in those dimensional frequencies that have a freedom beyond that which we would call extra dimensional or whatever and often they're perceived as very high spiritual beings because they're not trapped in any kind of matrix any kind of dimension because they are pure consciousness yeah yeah so I mean, I, I'm making it very simplistic. I'm not a physicist. So to me, that's how 
I've come to understand. Um, and again, we don't even know if our reality and our understanding of this is even accurate because it yeah. may be something even greater than that that we just don't know about because we don't have the ability to even understand that concept. And one of the things that I, I wrote in the, the concluding chapter of The New Human was if, you know, we've all got bits of the elephant, you know, um, some people have got the trunk and think that's what reality is and, and somebody else has got an ear or someone's got the tail and says this is reality. None of us have the, 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 the ability yet to see the whole elephant. <laughs> so this, this is now... If I say if something challenges you in terms of your belief system, instead of running away from it or shutting down, how about you look at why it challenges you? Absolutely, Mary. B, what you need to look at yes. to expand. Yes, I know. That's such a good point. Whatever you're resisting, you're resisting because there's a limited belief in you which you need to look at and... Once you release that limited belief, then your life, even on a personal, very personal level, becomes so much enriched. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, look, you know, there's that movie, there's that movie, name of the, not my name of the rose, something rose, where there was a pretty young girl living next door and she had a boyfriend. Oh, oh look, I can't remember, but there was a thug next door, like a man that used to beat up his son. It was the father. And when he found out his neighbour was gay, he started beating him up because he was really angry but turns out because he was gay and he was like hiding it so yeah it's, it's sort of that isn't it it's like people that think even sherry wild i remember talking to her you know she thought that the ideas of extraterrestrials was the most ridiculous thing she ever she finds out she is one <laughs> look what's been interesting for me because i often get very highly aware souls come and see me very intuitive and you know i don't like the word psychic because i think we're all psychic you know yes we're all intuitive <clears throat> we've got certain skills um but they will have maybe been doing readings most of their life they may be quite well known for their readings and their connection to the spirit world and what have you and the numbers that have not quite realized that one of the main sources of their information when they finally get there is actually a, a non-human intelligence and it's like, oh my goodness, all my life I've seen this as this. Now I've got to embrace the fact that actually all along it's been this non-human intelligence. And it's been quite a, a real shock to the system because of where they've been up to that point. Almost like they, they haven't been quite ready to realize it's all in the same package. It's all in the one, you know, um, whether, how you interpret it may come from your beliefs. Yes. For a, a spiritual, uh, for a religious person, they may be seeing an, ange an angel. If you were not religious, you'd be seeing a light being. They're actually often the same thing. Yeah. It's just your, uh, your limited perception or what you're willing to use as your, your perspective on what you're interpreting in yeah. your non-physical world. So the more we can be um, open to that greater possibility, the more we're going to get an understanding of what reality actually consists of. Yeah, exactly. What's going on. You know, I've heard that the angelic realm, like the archangels, we talk about archangels, oversee the extraterrestrial intelligence yeah. just as much as human intelligence. Of course they would. Like, why would God discriminate against his creations or her creations or its creations? Um, 
you know, we as humans think that angels belong to us because of religion or whatever. But I want to get back to what you were saying about the little child that's parents were fundamental Christians and they, how can, because I have seen that so much, you know, I'm up here at the pocket near Byron Bay and they're, the star children up here are unbelievable, Mary. I was at a little school just up the road having a festival, just seeing, just, yep. just they're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're just, it's just amazing. And you know what's amazing too? They're absolutely physically beautiful, many of them. Absolutely physically. Yeah. I, was sitting, I was sitting there thinking, is this just because kids are beautiful or is this just, is this, are they just all particularly beautiful? It's really weird. I don't know why they're so beautiful looking, like physically beautiful. What can they do? If you're speaking to some younger people who come from fundamental Christian families and they know that they don't fit in and they have a different belief system, how can they navigate that? Well, again, it depends on their age. Mm. Um, with younger children, I think for whatever reason, if they've incarnated into that particular family, there's a reason for that. And yeah. for them to understand that maybe they're there to teach the parents. Yeah. Or they may have chosen a family where the parents don't get it, but the grandparent does. Mm. Like the grandmother will write to me and say, my grandchildren, I know are starseeds, but the parents are completely oblivious to what's going on with them. So they often pick some kind of support, or maybe it's auntie, or it's, it's, it's Uncle Joe that's always there and listens to them or whatever. So they seem to create some kind of support but the teenagers and I meet many of them will either say their parents are wonderfully supportive and understand or they'll say you know what I don't know where to go with it and, and often as not I mean I encourage them at some, you know to try and talk to their parents trying to get their parents to see that you know their awareness is important and, and special or I say to them connect to others of your own age group and I will try and connect them to different groups of, of, of children of their age, even if it's just over the internet, so they can talk to somebody who understands. But the other thing is, realizing that they're highly aware, and many of them obviously are already being educated on board craft, um, to what they're here for, what their mandate is, et cetera, et cetera. Um, encouraging them to stay with that awareness, no matter what, um, is going on around them. And one of them um, I write about um, is Zach. I, um, and Zach um, told me that when he was about 10, his biggest challenge was the family, especially his siblings, were saying, oh, for goodness sake, stop, forget, you know, all this thing you talk about, all this nonsense about, you know, multidimensional realities and who you are and what, for goodness sake, get real, get in the real world and, and start being normal. So he said to me, Mary, I tried for a while. I shut down all my awareness and I tried to do the 3D thing. He said, it became so bad for me that I wanted to take my life. Yes. He said, I was at the point where I could have easily taken my life because I just didn't want to be in that kind of cage, if you like. Yes. So he said, the, I made a decision that even if the rest of the family didn't get it and didn't understand I needed to go back to my multidimensional self again if I was to survive on this planet. So he'd made the decision to um, connect again to everything that made sense to him. And that actually allowed him to be part of 
the family again, but they had to accept his difference. And he said, and Mary, it was really difficult going to school because what you don't realize is that when you are operating in that multidimensional way, if you see a kid that's had a, you know, that's had a, a traumatic night the night before and they, they're coming in traumatized or another child is sick or because you're tapping in the whole mm-hmm. time to what's going on with them. He said the hardest thing is going to school then because you are aware of everything that's going on from that other level with all those. And he said, and it's very, very painful. So he really struggled going back to school. But that gives you some insight into the dilemmas that they have if they're born into a family that doesn't get it. But they're also aware that they're part of that family for a reason because they have that awareness. You know, we had Michael Tamora on the show. We're in the Inner Sanctum a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about fitting in. Mm. And he said, you know, we didn't come to earth to fit in. (laughs) We don't come from here. This is not our home. And when we hit that teenagehood, it's just become so important that everyone needs to fit in and we all trying to do the same thing and like the same music and wear the same clothes and have the same hairstyle and we all try to fit in. And it seems to be a human problem, really, that we all try to fit in when we've come to stand out. (laughs) Like we've come to change the system, not fit into the system. Yeah, Exactly. And and. What I'm actually finding more and more with with the children, and you know, actually Zach was explaining, you know, what the indigo is the warrior. They've come in as a rebel. They've come in to shake the system up. There are some that have come in as the healers and the empaths, for example. Yes. Others that have come in to help the planet. As one ten-year-old explained to me that he, it's his first lifetime on this planet. And he explained he'd picked a mother that had come here many lifetimes. So that Mm -hmm. helped him um, operate here. But he called himself a center seed, which what he meant by that was that he connects to the center of the planet. Um, Mm -hmm. Part of his his role is to connect to the center of the planet and also work with the pollution that's going on. He's got a really big mandate. Now, you're talking to a 10-year-old that is fully aware of the enormity of the mandate that he's come in with. And, you know, he sees interdimensionally quite naturally, works with crystals, you know, whatever. Um, He's quite aware of what he looked like in his past life on the planet that he was on. Um, He he talked about that. This is the kind of awareness that we're getting now. And so they're not reliant on the information at school, whereas one 12-year-old explained to me, that in the classroom, she's got a being that always is with her. And when the teacher's coming out with information that doesn't, that isn't correct, that the being will say, you don't need to listen to that because actually that's not accurate. So they're dealing with all of this. And I did say to her, did you ever discuss this with your school friends? Oh, no, she said, because they wouldn't understand. So they also realize that it's, it's not okay. So there's this hyper-awareness I, I think I mentioned to you a, a seven-year-old that I was speaking to um, when I was in the US. And apart from telling me that he could speak dolphin, and I, I asked me if I wanted to hear it, yeah. um, show, he, he demonstrated speaking dolphin. He then said, I can tell when people are lying and when they're telling the truth. Mm. And I said to him, so what does it feel like? And he said, ah, oh, when they're lying, I just go all cold. Mm. And when they're telling the truth, I feel warm. That's how he interpreted the truth of what was um, being fed him. So we're dealing 
with these amazingly aware, informed, uh, we call them children, but they're not really. They're very powerful souls that have come in with the awareness to help us get this planet on track. And they have the, they have the ability to do that. They so do. They so do. I want to talk about what you're seeing, especially traveling the world. But that center seed, I just want to go back to that. That just really spoke to me because, you know, where I am at the moment in northern New South Wales, the northern rivers, they call it up here, near Byron Bay, what I've noticed being up here for the last few weeks is that all the star seeds and star workers, light workers and everything, they're really connected to the land. Like really, really, it's just this, predominant here for her here for earth for mother Gaia. i used to come up and play here when i was younger and they were very galactic lots of people talking aliens and galactic but now i see this this surge of of, of being here to to help the planet and it's so pristinely beautiful up here i've got to say the planet it's such a gorgeous place to live but uh it's really interesting to see that even walking down the street of Mullumbimby the other day <laughs> I bump into this little girl. She's about 23. She's got the big dreadlocks on. She's English. She's been in the yeah. country for three months and she's telling me about Australia and, it's, and uh, you know, the rainforest. And I'm thinking, she's an English girl, been here for three months. She knows more about Australia's, you know, the, the rainforest yeah. than most yeah. Australians do. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's, she looked like a little sort of, you know, earth nymph too. Yeah. What are you seeing overseas while you're traveling with the star? Like what's, what's happening with the children and what they're doing? What are you witnessing? Well, the first thing is that when I say this is global, it absolutely is where I've got parents from all over the globe, whether or not it's from Turkey, Europe or um, South America writing to me and telling me about themselves. Um, some of them are where they're hybrids, by the way, or their children are. Yeah. And their children. So, you know, it's a global phenomenon for sure, because I, there's so many countries where I'm, I'm getting these emails, but not what's interesting is that there are some educators, teachers, you've got some clinical psychologists that are saying, I'm working with children. I'm seeing these children everywhere. I get they're different. How can I actually help them or how can I support them or whatever? So what I need to say first is that there's been a program obviously orchestrated by these intelligences to have aware adults that mm. are recognizing these children. Depending on the country depends on how open they are. And that's the other thing too, is certain countries seem a lot more open to this than others. Go to South America, very comfortable with the fact there's ovnis around. Um, they're very interested in the, they're very accepting of the psychic side of things. When I was in Brazil, um, it was amazing the response that I had to the research. I mean, the, the people were, were absolutely fascinated. And luckily, you know, my book, The New Human, is now in Portuguese. So they were wow. really keen to get more information mm -hmm. after I'd spoken. I mean, I was actually quite so amazed at the response. They've invited me back to do a whole day of sharing my research. So that's South America, really, really open. But you go to Scandinavia... And I don't know whether I told you the story about this, but when I was speaking in Stockholm, because of the way anything um, out of the ordinary, very technologically advanced, but when it comes to anything to do with the psychic side, there's a great ambivalence. And 
this young man said that he, he was at the presentation. He said, Mary, I was with some of my friends. I started to come out with a star language and they called the police and I ended up in hospital. So this is Scandinavia. And this is, you know, I found a, a similar limit and difficulty when I was in Copenhagen and also when I was in Norway. There is a real limit to where it, it is acceptable because they're so into the materialistic model. It's a bit like that also in Europe. Um, I found that when I was in Italy, when I was in Austria, um, I'm actually working with a wonderful lady in Germany who's come across a couple of these children now. She's a star seed. She knows what's going on. And, and thankfully, you know, she's um, there as a resource for some of the, a couple of children that are coming out with this kind of information in Germany. So she's now got my questionnaire in German and she's going to be operating there. But again, we're fighting the old westernized understanding, materialistic uh, concepts and paradigm that don't allow you to be multidimensional. There are pockets in the US where it's very acceptable, but middle America, where you've got the very Christian, very um, orthodox Christian belief systems, no, it's definitely not okay. So you've got these pockets in different parts of the world. I mean, it's like us in Australia. You go down, it's the sunny coast. Yeah, it's all cool. You can talk about any of this stuff. Byron, but you can talk about this stuff. But there are, you know, you go down to Melbourne, there are places in Melbourne where it's really, you know, this is not okay, this is not cool. So we've got the pockets everywhere. But the interesting mm -hmm. thing is, given the big problem has been the truth embargo. And what's happening that is important now to state is that there's been some releases now which have been picked up by news media of uh, pilots, Navy pilots and others say, um, actually being allowed to honor the fact they've seen craft and they've been coming out with that. And it's been um, actually reported very credibly mm -hmm. rather than being dismissed. And this is all part of the, the drip feed <laughs> of a disclosure. And it's, it's happening really quite rapidly now. All of a sudden, mm -hmm. there's almost been permission for them to start saying, yes, we've seen these craft and they do things that we can't do. We can't explain them. We don't know whether they're a threat or not. And of course they, they darn well know more than all of that. But the fact that you've got CNN and all these other different news um, uh, agencies um, reporting this and reporting it as the credible story is saying there's now becoming this shift to own the fact that this is a reality. Once that is, accepted more by mainstream we can then have people having experiences being treated in a credible and re a respectful way rather than the usual kind of you know tongue-in-cheek kind of Ridicule. attitude because yeah. our biggest problem and you know this really well karen is modern psychology in the western world does not allow for multi-dimensional experience it only honors 3d reality and that is the reason why so many beautiful souls end up in hospital or medicated because psych modern psychology at the moment is offering a limited concept of reality and that has to change and it will only change when the truth comes out, when it's finally acknowledged that we're being visited by numerous intelligences 
across the cosmos. And when that happens, the way that we interpret experience is then going to be radically changed. But until that happens, everyone is going to feel marginalized. And that is my biggest issue with modern psychology. Look, oh, absolutely. You know, one of the great examples of who you're talking about with these children, here she is, Greta Thornburg. I am just such a fan of her. She's that little 16-year-old who is from Sweden, Scandinavia. I mean, she's not talking extra dimensionals or extraterrestrials, but she's one of them. And when she's so, she actually looks like a 12-year-old. So when you see her speak, it's amazing that the wisdom that comes out of which is she's 16. She's just incredible at the wisdom that comes out of this child when she does her speeches. I watched another one last night. But, you know, what's even, even more amazing is she says, I've been diagnosed with, uh, what's that syndrome where you're very focused? Um, Oh, Asperger's. Asperger's. And she said, I'm pleased I have this Asperger's because I think it helps me be more focused and stay, you know, like she just speaks about it so beautifully. She plainly is one of the, you know, when I talk about the diagnosis of these new humans that are wired differently, deliberately, in my view, by the non-human intelligences, so they can't be so easily programmed into this limiting and limited paradigm of 3D. That's the whole idea. And they've seen as dysfunctional, ADHD, um, Asperger's, dyslexia, um, some forms of autism are actually all the new programs. And the whole reason for that is that they are far more multidimensionally aware. We're seeing these children on shows, um, for example, music shows and what have you and competitions where you've got an 11 year old singing like some amazing mature soprano or whatever and you're thinking how can 11 year old sing like that well they're coming in because they're of a um they have the ability to bring in the frequencies so we're saying they've got a great voice we don't realize that they're bringing in the frequencies through the voice of the new humans isn't and, you know, fun? I don't know if you're like me, but I, they, my whole body buzzes when I hear them sing oh, because yeah. there's the frequencies. There it is. And, and they're just looking and saying, oh, haven't they got an amazing voice? They're the new upgrades. Yeah. And their bodies are new frequency. They are able to manifest the, these kinds of frequencies through the voice. But it's another way we're being activated. People yeah. don't get this is all one of the many ways, the ones that are doing the artwork, the young kids that are doing this amazing artwork, there's the frequencies again. Yeah. And it's through the art. So mm-hmm. they're coming in, they're doing all this creative stuff and they're saying, oh, aren't they talented? Aren't they this? They're more than that. They're actually bringing in the frequencies that are activating the rest of the older models of human. And, oh, yeah. they're, and they're breaking paradigms because, you know, Absolutely. I remember... I remember when I was young and they said, you know, the human voice can't sing well until you mature and your vocal cords do this and you've got to have do that and do it. You know, there's all this paradigm of what we can and can't do. And then as you say, Mary, these kids come in and they can sing like an adult. They can sing the opera, you know, sing eight-year-olds, sing opera. And it's like, you know, they're just smashing those paradigms of what we can and can't do and you have to be mature and your vocal cords have to mature and all that sort of stuff. I know. I, I we know. just like we are incredible. We 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 just 
we just don't understand how amazing we are. And, and when we stop trying to squeeze into a box and fit into what we think is normal and sane, we'll just get connected to our genius, our genius. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you've just come back from uh, contact in the desert, right? <laughs> <laughs> what was happening over there? Oh, look. I, uh, first of all, the week before I'd done New York and Long Island and Philadelphia, which were little, little groups of very aware people, which was absolutely lovely. But then you go to contact in the desert where they've literally bought out the whole hotel for the week. You've got nearly 5,000 attendees and it's almost a bit, a bit Hollywoodish, if you know what I mean, because yeah. you've got all the names, you know, the ones that, you know, are at the, the top of the tree in terms of, uh archaeology um new you know new programs um healing um ufo land consciousness and the whole lot so you you've got literally four or five presentations running at the same time right, right. Uh, i mean it's it's that kind of event um but what heartened me even though i'm not really good with the hollywood thing um too much um, was the fact that so many people were there to that event. How many? Can we, I mean, we're talking about four to 5,000 people. Wow. Were at that hotel. Mm. Um, I mean, they booked the whole hotel out for the week. Isn't so, that amazing, though, that, that, that you know, like, yeah. isn't that like 5,000 people turn up to a UFO contact in the desert? Yeah, that's right. What is that telling you where, you know, at the moment still with our events, I mean, we don't have the population anyway. But our events, if we've got two or 300, we think we're doing well. You know, that's a pretty good turnout. Yes, we don't have the population. But what I'm seeing is more and more people are getting drawn into this. And that is, I mean, I've been, I've been asked to speak at um, the Conscious Living Expo in Los Angeles at the Hilton. Oh. Apparently there, they have 10 to 15,000 people. Wow. Now, Ooh, I just got to what is that, that telling you? <laughs> you know what is that telling you mm. the numbers of people that are drawn now to this kind of information compared to five or ten years ago where it was still considered because people are starting to see this is about consciousness it's not just one packet here of ufos and and look at the bright lights they're realizing that what what is actually happening is a consciousness shift on this planet where oh, yeah. more and more people are waking up and because of that, I mean, to get, get things like this going on, where you're getting those, that amount of people coming through the doors, that has to tell you something, that yeah. something really incredible is going on. It's, yeah, it's evidence. It's evidence, isn't it? Because, you know, yeah. like I've been talking this stuff for years and I remember we had a little group every Monday night, the Academy of Light and uh, mm. you know, Northern in Sydney. And we'd talk about all this stuff, but we'd go out there into the, world and we wouldn't see any of it sort of happening and and then we'd come back to this small little group and talk about it and but it wasn't sort of evident in the world whereas now it really is it's just magical yeah. uh, it's just magical yeah so what about kids over there did uh, did you um did you run into barbara jean Lindsay, my friend barbara jean she has a yes i know barbara no yeah. i didn't actually um i did I, have, I mean, I've connected with her more than a few times anyway, and she's, she's just amazing. She's delightful. The, 
the thing for me about an event like that is actually the things that you're expected to do. So, you know, I was not only doing a presentation, I was doing two, two to three hour workshops. I did a panel. Um, you have to be there for the cocktails, meet the speakers. You have to be there for the banquet where you go from one table to another and whatever. And in between there, you have to eat and you have to recuperate. I mean, I got to the point where I was trying to wear dark glasses as I was walking through the cloud, the crowds because I wanted to go to the bathroom or I wanted to get something to eat. And even then it wasn't good enough because somebody would suss out who you were. And I mean, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? You know, to yes, Mary. <laughs> it doesn't work. You can wear these darn things. It doesn't make any difference. Maybe it's my height or something or other. I don't know. It's, are you Mary? And I'm going, oh, now there goes my lunch. You know, it's just, <laughs> there goes the fact that I'm going to have to hang on to going to the loo again or whatever. But it, it, it is a little bit like that, those mm. kinds of things. But I did get to meet a lot of good friends and, and, friends that were, were meeting and ones I didn't expect because now that's the place you go to meet people um, to not only hear what's going on but to meet all sorts of people within the field and what have you and I think that's the great thing that is part of that is they can be supported by the numbers by the people they're meeting and the connections that are made you know and I found yeah. that, I mean I had one lovely volunteer Debbie who were basically took it on herself she was going to look after me she's an ex-cop actually um and she made sure that i had everything i needed and what she was absolutely wonderful and she talked with this wonderful um american drawl you know as well very relaxed you could almost imagine her in a uniform like this and she was the one that took me to the airport and she said oh by the way she says you'll be quite safe mary because i've got a gun in the car she goes <laughs> It's almost like a police escort, you know, with Debbie. And she's got, I've got the gun. You're going to be fine because, you know, I'm, and I thought to myself, oh my goodness, you know. Um, but there is someone coming from very mainstream yeah. into this and saying, oh my goodness, Mary, I had no idea. I had no idea. And it was like light bulbs were going off for her the whole time. So there we are. We've got a very down to earth cop that's, you know, retired, that is opening up to all of this. And she was the most delightful lady. She was a real sweetheart, you know. Um, funny saying that about a cop, isn't it? You know, you don't necessarily put sweetheart into the, the thing. But she was. You know, mm. And all of this was just opening her eyes. Yeah. And this is what I'm seeing is yeah. everyday people that are starting to get the something else. They're, you know, it's not preaching just to the converted. It's it's actually now getting other people who can start to see the connections of what you're talking about. That's the shift. And that really is, is very exciting. Well, it makes life so much more exciting, doesn't it? I remember you saying at the afterlife or the close encounters a few years ago, it's better than staying home doing the ironing. <laughs> well, look, I, I always remember my mum when I was a teenager saying, somehow, Mary, I can't see you as just being a housewife. I didn't really know what she meant by that. She'd obviously seen something in me that was going to beyond, go beyond being the mum. Although I've always, always wanted to be a mum and I've always wanted to, I didn't ever have aspirations to really be anything other than, you know, a, a nurse that would go back into nursing and bring up my family. That was my vision for Mary. Yeah. Um, 
I had no idea that I would go from nursing into counseling and hypnosis and, and expanding. That was something that just evolved. So I had no concept of that. But plainly, my mum had, um, had a better sense of who Mary was than Mary did oh, <laughs> at the time, you know, um, because that's what she said. But the one thing I was, was a seeker of truth. Mm. I've always wanted to know what's going on. What's the truth behind things? You know, are we told the truth? If there was something weird and wonderful, I would always buy a book on it because mm. To me, it was about the mystery. And that's been what's driving me. And I know that's what drives, you know, someone like yourself. We want to know the truth. Mm. We want to know what's going on. And we want to do our part, if there is a part, in making whatever's going on available to as many people to empower them, mm. to get them to see what's, what it has meaning for them, whatever that is, whatever that truth is for them. And it, it hasn't got to be my truth or yours just one that expands them into mm. more of what they are and, and who they are and, and to make sense of their world, really. Mm. Yeah, Barbara Jean said that she was having something, the something cafe at, at, uh, at Contact where she would create a space for people to come and talk about their experience in a safe place because those people that are ridiculed by their religion or social upbringing, they can't speak about it she created so it'd be interesting to see the, the stories that are coming out from those you know people coming out of the closet i suppose you're doing this all the time with people with your uh, clients you know are you amongst fritting around the world talking at all these you know fancy schmancy yeah. <laughs> are you still seeing clients are you still doing oh, yeah. yeah they sometimes have to wait um, <laughs> yeah while i'm traveling that isn't really possible you know when you're in different yeah. environments to do the kind of deep work that I want and I want to be fully available to them and I don't want to be tired or whatever. So I do, usually when I come home, then I've got the backlog where I will be seeing people um, so I can do this. And that's a really important part of my work is because if I can help them move forward in terms of what's going on for them or get some understanding of what's going on, it can be a 180 degree shift in how they've understood themselves from that point. But because I get such a number now, I do um, have resources. I've trained certain people in America and the UK to work in a similar way. So, you know, if it's someone in the UK, I say, look, I've got resources there as well. If you want to go and do a one-to-one -one with them other than a Skype, which is what I do when I'm at home. Although I do have people come to see me. I had a lady only recently come via Singapore to see me. For a, um, for a couple of sessions and whatever. So some will come here because that's how they feel they need to do it. Mm. But for many, Skype works really, really well. And thank goodness it does because it means you can be in Germany, you can be, you know, in Scandinavia. And as long as you can speak English, I can yeah. actually work with you. So it is a very important part of my work. And I, I'm constantly learning through those kinds of processes anyway, which is important. You know, I, I, I see you, I want to see you kind of teaching people how to help people access their multidomic. Because I think the whole hypnosis thing, you can go very deep and get very amazing uh, content. But I think that we can, I think there's this time now where we can access it without necessarily lying still and being put through a process yeah. where we can just like tune in. You know, we have to... Um, yeah. 
We have to get some of the paradigms, the old limiting paradigms out of the way. So we have to transform some belief systems. And once they're sort of expanded, you've got that access. You're like, I'm doing that with people all the time rather than... Yeah. So... And, yeah. Absolutely. Um, interestingly, the lady that I've just recently worked with, we did some altered state information, but she was having... Um, information downloads uh, that were accurate, that were useful, that she was had been working with for years, but she'd never fully unconsciously understood who was that giving her the information? You know, who, who was that downloading it and whatever? And I said, well, in a way, what's happening is you're talking to your best friend um, behind a wooden door. Isn't it yeah. time you found out who they are, yeah. why they're with you, what they offer you, um, who else is in your team? Um, what do they offer you? Um, because there's always more than, than one intelligence helping you. You know, there's what you can see as your life guide or whatever and, and the team. And the team may change as you expand and grow, as new guides come in. Don't you want to know um, who they are, what they look like, what their names are, um, what they offer you? When they come in, you're, do, don't you want to know who it is that's speaking to you? Um, in a really tangible kind of way, rather this rather amorphous kind of, oh, well, they're kind of there. I said, because we live in a 3D reality and the more tangible you can make it, the more confidence you're going to have in that voice or that download or whatever, because you can question it. Yes. You can say, I don't understand that. Yes. Um, because that's really important because I'll say to them, do you ever question? That's do you ever it. say, well, I don't really get that. You need to tell me in another way. That's and it, they said, well, it. I never think to do that. And I oh, said, well, don't you think you should be doing that? Because if it's your best friend telling you something and you don't understand, what do you say to them? You say, you say I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> Give me another way. That or is, can you help me to understand that? That's or, so key. That's you know, so, because I watch psychics do that. They get a little piece of information. Like yeah. they might get visual stuff, right? And then they go, yeah. I went to see a healer yesterday lovely but she gave me some information and she just kept saying I don't know what it means I don't know it was very cryptic and you know like I wasn't there to teach her I was there I was trying not to be the teacher I was trying to be the recipient which isn't always easy for me uh, and um, yeah you're just gonna say well ask if you don't get it ask yeah. Yeah. and, and, and what, what I do I go through a process with them that I work with my my team and uh, this process is one where they release all the old programs that limit them from moving forward and being all they can be. So the, the intent to the superconscious is that you now have an opportunity to release anything that's compromising your clarity with your connection to your, the, the, the non-human family. So by going through that, and it's a process I take them through, which can be enormously powerful because I'm saying this lifetime or any other lifetime where there have been constraints that have held you from being all that you wish to be right well, now. Can we do a little one right now? A little process for people that are watching? Well, that, that bit they can certainly do. Can By, you just give people some, you know, some words or some intentions to, because there are lots of people watching this like, how can I talk to my galactic family or my spirit right. guides or... How can I be more open and connected? And really it's about intention and attention. Yeah. So when you voice the intention or even yeah. think the intention, then yeah. you have to pay attention to your thoughts. And so 
as you said right at the beginning, if imagination comes effortlessly, quickly, mm-hmm. and you don't have to think about it, it's guidance. It, it's guidance. It's guidance. Yeah. yeah. It's guidance. One of the things I will say to people that they can do at home, um, and unless they want to go to the whole process of, of, of the, which is not a big deal really anyway, it just makes it more tangible. Mm. I first say to them, find a place within your home where you always sit and relax or do your meditation so that what you're doing by constantly going to that spot is you're building up the energy in that spot. So if it's a special chair in, in the corner of your bedroom or whatever, make that the place you always go to when you go into that space of relaxation or meditation. That's the first thing. The second thing is the intent. I now, if you... Um, if you're trying to do it on your own to start with, it's always best to have just one particular thing you want to ask. Don't have a whole list because that can make it really hard when you're doing it initially on your own. Mm-hmm. So have one thing you want to ask. So you go into that place, you do whatever it is that allows you to get into that space. I mean, I use creative visualization or sensing feeling, whatever they, if they're kinesthetic, sensing feeling or if they're visual, whatever works for them, I get them to bring into their energy field uh, um, a cloak of energy that provides the right frequency. So their senses, they're saying already, I want the frequency that will help me to do this and connect to this information. So you're already creating the right frequency, whether it's love, whether it's um, healing, whether it's balance or any of those things, you're creating that. And it, whatever colors, frequencies is, is correct for you. Then I get them to breathe that into their heart space. So what they're doing then is bringing that frequency into their physical body and seeing it starting to spread through from the heart up into the lungs, to the shoulders, right down the arms, right down to the fingertips. So they're bringing that frequency in, continuing to bring in that frequency up the face right over the top of the head, down their back muscles. So they're taking this frequency right down to the base of their spine and then bringing it over into the abdomen. So you're talking about the liver and the stomach and releasing from those organs any old energies, any anxieties, any fears. So you're then allowing this new energy in to fill those organs with this new frequency of balance, harmony and healing is often the words that I use because that's the frequency that will allow them to access what they're looking for, taking it down to the lower organs, right down their legs to, the, to their ankles and their feet. So they're bringing that frequency both within and without their physical container. And then I get them to call on their highest knowing, their highest awareness. So we're talking about the subconscious, superconscious, higher self, Oversoul, whatever is comfortable for them, and imagining it as a frequency. I usually, you know, say it's it's like a golden ball of 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 energy that contains all your higher awareness, all your knowing, all your um, uh, truth, and you bring that through the crown into the heart space. So you're now bringing consciously that higher awareness into your physical body, that golden. Um, I call it, you know, golden flame of light, which is all that higher awareness that you are now going to allow to expand through your physical body. To embody, yeah. To embody. So you can access the information on every level. Level, right. Because you've got it within your physical frequency now. 
because yeah. you've brought it in consciously. Yeah. And then into your men, it's expanding it into your energy body. So you become an orb of, of light, if you like, of consciousness. Okay. And so then, you bring the golden balls because I had Desi yeah. Zuckerman on the show who sees the energy field. She's a map, the human yeah. energy field. And she did yeah. this process with us too, exactly what you do. Yeah. So she sees the golden balls. She used to see one or two or three of them like hanging out about 20 feet above yeah. people's heads all the time. She thought yeah. they lived there. But then she saw the Dalai Lama teaching and they were sitting in his pelvis. And she's like, ah, okay, to embody this wisdom, we've got to bring it into the body. So exactly what you're saying, you invite it. But she put it in your pelvis, like she brought it into your heart to illuminate your heart. And then she brought it down and, and like sit, like sat it in the pelvis and then expanded out. I, I always, I mean, everything that I teach is given to me. Yeah. I, that given so they show me how the process what process i needed to do this yeah so then like you've got this orb of consciousness that's you yeah. that you can take to your sacred place and i always um i've always been shown a kind of beautiful valley surrounded by mountains but in the center is this deep blue lake that's where you go you go to the deep blue lake you can float on the surface or you can breathe quite comfortably underneath then you ask your higher knowing, your higher awareness to release all programs that limit you from being all you can be, either in this lifetime, the present lifetime, or any other, whether you would see that as future. So you are covering all bases. Right. So that's what you're asking to everything. And some see it as a process of osmosis, like they see stuff leaving their, their physical body and just going into the water. And mm -hmm. I'm saying, they're basically then seeing it being released it can be colors it can be whatever it is oh, however beautiful. you experience so you're then creating the vehicle mm -hmm. for you to access your your team or at least to access that information oh, this is dovetailing so beautifully with something a psychic said to me years ago Colourful lakes, yeah, going into the water of the colourful lakes, yep. Mm -hmm. Either floating, if they're not comfortable, if they're underwater, they can breathe underwater. Mm -hmm. But what you're doing is then giving permission to your higher self who knows where they want to take you next to release anything that gets in, uh, that precludes that. Mm -hmm. That's the so that you're clearing the physical vehicle and the energetic vehicles of anything that has been built up within those energetic fields. You can do this. Mm -hmm. everything. Then I take them to what I call the waterfall of light. And the waterfall of light um, offers different colors that they need to go through, different frequencies. And every individual has a different sequence okay. of color. Some it might start with yellow, all the shades of yellow. Feel the frequency of yellow. Mm. What is it doing? And often it's, it's recalibrating the energetic systems. Then it might be blue for them or it might be yellow, um, red or it might be whatever color next comes to you, that's the next one that's yours. Mm -hmm. So you experience that color in whatever comes to you. What does that feel like? What does that frequency feel like? And then it might be green or whatever. It's whatever color keeps coming in sequence. Then I bring in the whole spectrum through light. So I'm saying now you've got the white light. So you're, if you've missed any, you're then bringing it through white light. So you are recalibrating the systems, both your physical and your energetic systems by doing that. Mm. And then you need to ground. So you go then from that, the, the white light back to 
the beautiful grass, the ground where you lay on the ground. And I always say the velvety green grass connect to the planet. So now you're connecting to the energy of that, that planet, whether or not it's earth or whether or not it's another planet that might be your origin. doesn't matter. Right. Okay. Connect to the planet you're on where this sacred place is, wherever that happens to be. Yeah. So connecting to that, you are grounding yourself. Then the interesting thing that I often start them off with is now you're going to give yourself a gift to mark this this shift. And it, people get all sorts of things. They can get maybe a symbol or whatever. They may not consciously know what that means. This is when I get them to talk to their guide or they can call the guide in at that point and say, show me what you look like if they want to do this themselves. Or um, I'll say, you can bring in your best friend. What does your best friend look like? The one that you totally trust and have always trusted um, in all your incarnations or whatever. Yeah. They can then they can have the visual and say, right, so what does this symbol mean? And the guide will actually explain it. And if yeah. you don't understand, you go back and you say, I don't understand, explain it some more. Yeah. So then you get used to the dialogue and you get used to seeing what they, that, that life guide looks like, although there'll be a team and you can build on that. But that's one way you can do it for yourself. But you've got to start trusting. This is so beautiful. I've, I've never heard it quite so beautifully explained because i've spoken to a lot of people who do you know certain te techniques and i just think you need to teach people how to do it with other people you know you need to teach your technique to people like dolores cannon taught the qhht and call it whatever the mary rodwell way <laughs> well, one of the things that i did with the mist course is when i get hypnotherapists they have to be hypnotherapists to start with i'm not teaching hypnosis what i'm teaching is that therapist to open up to another level of awareness so they can operate on the same frequency as those they're taking into hypnosis. Yeah. So they could be awake themselves to understand the multidimensional experience that their client is experiencing. If they don't know what it feels like, how can they help them? So when they come, they do this, I actually do it consciously with all of them. They all go through the process, but I do, I take them out of that, that, meditation then and I say right now we're going to call in your life guide you're going to know what their energetic signature feels like you're going to feel them you're going to know how tall they are you're going to know the form that they want you to see you're going to know the name or frequency they want you to know you to understand and then you're going to you're having a conversation I call it the telephone link you're going to yeah. ask some questions they're going to answer and and explain to them that the answers literally come as you ask the question. So oh, yeah. I soon tell if someone's editing or coloring the material. Yeah. Because it won't, be, it won't be just there. They'll be thinking about it first. So that it's teaching them that left brain is think before you speak. Right brain is speak before you think. Yeah. It's the complete reverse yeah. of that. Yeah. And they'll show you the form they want you to see. They'll explain their connection to you. I often get them to say, okay, how many lifetimes have you had together? They may say 23 or they may say 1,000. Okay, now I want your guide to tell you what particular relationship in one of those incarnations you had together because I'm making it tangible by saying that. And they'll say, oh, we were father and son or we were brother and sister in that particular planet or this planet or whatever. Right, so you know your connection to them now. What are they bringing in to support you? And it will be... Um, it might be a gatekeeper protection. It may be this, 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 and this. Okay, now how many, how many is in your team right now 
they'll immediately say 20 or 10 or 3 or 4 or whatever it is. Right, are any others that you need to meet right now and what is their abilities and what do they look like? What's their name? So you're getting them to identify different energetic signatures, different forms. They can see then tangibly through those tools. They'll even know the height Mm. uh, of the because I get them to stand up and ask the, ask the guide to tell them, and they have to let the hand just keep rising till mm. the guide. Mm-hmm. You can't think that. Yeah. You have to tune in. Yeah. So I'm bringing in their clairvoyance, their clairaudience, their clairsentience, all those things that give a tangibility to their connection to their, their guide, their team and whoever else. And if they don't understand an answer, um, for example, explaining the symbol or whatever, and they don't fully understand it, I'll say, well, ask them to explain it in a new way so you understand it. Oh, that, oh, and then they'll go into it. Yeah. And they'll say, oh, so it's, oh, it's this, this, and I'm showing them how they can go in deeper yeah. to get what it is that they need. So I'm saying, that's how you do it. You keep asking till it resonates, till it makes sense to you. I said, and if they're telling you something, ask them to verify it. So if they're giving you information, now prove it to me. And it has to come in some other way where you get the validation. You need to know it's accurate. Mm. You need to know it's valid. Because otherwise, you know, it's like your friend telling you something and just expecting you to believe it. Yeah. Now, yeah. Sorry, mate, now prove it to me. Yeah. Because that way you are then showing what you need in the third dimensional world to validate the connection the with connect. them. Mm. So are you doing this online? Are you like teaching people how to do this online or are you, have you done, are you doing courses like this? I haven't done it online. I've only done it in groups where I've usually, um, I've done it on a one-to-one with, so I do many yeah. on a Many on one-to-one, yeah. But, um, with, with the hypnotherapist, when I do the MIST course, they go through all of this because yeah. unless they're operating on that other level, they can't be on the same frequency of the client they're taking into hypnosis. That to me is the next level of hypnosis is when you are also picking up information as well as them, because then you can get, make sure that you're covering all bases because it's wanting, you're going in blind. Otherwise, yeah. blind. you're using different techniques to get them to see things, but you may not know exactly what they need to see, but their guides do your guides do. So as you're tapping in, they, uh, you know, and say they're seeing themselves in a, in a room with a, a, a table and they're seeing procedures and what have you, they can, you can get them to look at all sorts of different things, but what's going to be the most useful are Mary, get her to look to the right. So you'll say to your client, I want you to look around the room, but particularly to the right. What are you seeing? Because I know there's something valuable to the right because I've just been guided to say that. Yeah. So, I, you know, so you're, you've got more tools. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I did this when I used to take people on hypnosis. I, I, I had a man came to me years ago who, whose mother died when he was two. And um, uh, he had a daughter who was in her 30s had done Vipassana and she told him to go do Vipassana. So he was, um, he was sort of somewhat open. This is about 15 years yeah. ago. So I, did a, like a, I took him on a journey. And when I'm on the journey, I asked him a question that he wasn't getting. I said, is your daughter your mother? And he goes, no. And then my guide said to me, stupid question, Karen. <laughs> Ask him a different question. Like I said, oh, oh, okay. So is your daughter from the same soul group or soul as your mother? 
And then he started crying, you know, because of course she's not the mother because she's got a different body. Yeah. She's got a different personality. Yeah. You know, when you reincarnate, you're yeah. not the same person. You might exactly. be the same spark of consciousness, but yeah. you're not the same person. So it, yeah, you, yeah the, the hypnotherapist has to be guided through all of it. You, it. The more that you can tap into your own source of information, the more you can help them Absolutely. and go with them. You can, yeah. I've done it with, I remember Paulina Howfield, you know, such a beautiful soul. And we did something together where she went interdimensionally and I actually followed her and yeah. we had it on tape because the tape was showing first her voice completely changing as she was going interdimensionally. I was sounding the same, but then my voice changed too as I joined her. Right. So we knew then that, that our consciousness was actually going in the same place. And that was evidence on the, on the tape recorder afterwards was this difference in frequency from first her being not as normal to mine being normal to mine not being normal as well. But the music in the background was still the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so we we had the evidence that but also when someone's saying well i'm seeing x y and z i may very well be seeing that as well yeah always but i will be seeing stuff that they're seeing yes and exactly. and that taught me that i was actually on some level with my consciousness joining them mm -hmm. and if you can know how that works then you can actually then tap in and say is there anything else i need to ask and they may say, you need to ask her about this or to get her to get some answers about that. I wouldn't know that consciously. But mm. if I've got the guidance to say she needs to ask this, then yeah. I can ask that question. Because it's yeah. often about the questions that they need to ask that they don't always consciously know they need to know. Yeah. But in hypnosis, their higher self may want them to know this or that the being they're talking to may want them to know this. So I will say, has this being got any other information it wants you to know or understand? And she'll say, oh, they're saying that I need to know about X, Y, Z. Do you understand that? Yes, I do, but I want to know about this. Right, we'll ask them then. Yeah. So then they'll ask again. So they're clarifying their understanding to a point where is that, is that, is that all you need to know now or is there anything else? or has your higher self got anything to tell you? And then you can bring in the higher self. So you're covering all basic. Covering all basic. Well, how are we going to get you to teach this to more people so more people can have access to this sort of guidance? Because, you know, you're one Mary. And we can't. So we need to stretch your knowledge across the universe. I mean, there's very few people doing this. I know there's another hypnotherapist who's online who's sort of doing somewhat um, similar, but... Um, a lot of people doing what you're doing. So you need to teach people how to do it. How are we going to get you to do this? You know, it's just started pouring here. I asked the oh. rain to stop because it's absolutely pouring. And I said, can you stop while I do the, you know, the, oh. the show? <laughs> and it did. And now it started pouring. So I think they're saying, okay, time to wrap it up. <laughs> okay. Oh, look, I'm happy. It's not something that I've um, promoted other than trying to teach hypnotherapists how to work because I want them to work with experiences. And the only way they can really be fully operational with that and get the most out of it and help the person get the most out of their sessions is to operate this way. So training them to open up has been the important thing and what to look for, for ex with an experiencer because there are things like screen memories they, have to, they can need to understand and uh, how these beings operate and how they work with people. So that's been, uh, I've done it in a limited way up to date, but I have been, it has been suggested to me that I need to get more working on that other level so that I, you know, because there's going to be a great need in the future. Yes, absolutely. 
Absolutely. All right. Well, yeah. you're going to come into the Inner Sanctum next month in July, mid-July. Uh, and so if you want to meet Mary online, <laughs> in person online, maybe we'll do a few of these exercises in the Inner Sanctum and get more connected to our galactic, spiritual, multidimensional selves. And yeah. um, we'll hatch a plan to sort of maybe do some stuff online or maybe do some stuff in Sydney or something. I don't know. Because, yeah, I, I see that too, Mary. I see, you know, just being up here, I see this need. There is yeah. a great, there's so, the kids, somebody said that every child under five is a star seed. Is, is that I true? Look, I, I wouldn't be surprised um, because I think they're really accelerating the consciousness and uh, of this planet right now. And they're going to need to have enough um, the, like, it's like the hundredth monkey, isn't it? The more that are awake, the more chance we have of actually making the shift. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I just want to clarify what a star seed is because I think in truth we're all star seeds because we've all had multi, we're all multidimensional. Yeah. But there are certain beings that are specifically here to clean up the mess humanity's made. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they've not had a lot of earth lives so they come with a consciousness that's more connected to other that's a star seed isn't it yeah the, the ones that are awake um you know i would say are are the conscious star seeds because they've come in without the limits that the older generations have come in we're the bridge makers they're right. we're the ones that are helping yeah. people step from the old paradigm into the new but yes we are all star seeds it's just some of them are just that little bit more awake. Yeah, a lot awake. Oh, I had yeah. this conversation. I said it on a show. I was with a mother just having dinner with some friends and the kids there and the little eight-year-old was saying, I send mum healing when she's stressing out and, you know, send her colours and stuff like that. And she had a little 20-month-old brother and her mother was saying, you know, my daughter tells me that she um, planned to come in together with, with my son they made a plan to come in together to yeah. be, uh, you know, they chose me as the mum. And she said, they don't even have the same father. So they chose different fathers. And the sense I got from the little, like she was the healer, but he had a big mission, this little boy, yeah. this little 20 month old. And yeah. she had sort of come in as his helper, angel, yeah. healer, yeah. protector. I don't know. It just yeah. was really interesting. It's just, they're everywhere, yeah. everywhere. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. We really have, we're really in for, you know, we're in, we're, we're in a wild ride at the moment, but these children as they grow, you know, just seeing my daughter's generation, she's in her late 20s and what they're doing in Sydney, it's just blowing my mind. As I said, when I was in my 30s, hard to get anyone to listen to this conversation now. It's, they're dancing, they're painting, they're putting on, you know, big seminars and festivals and it's just wild, so... All right, so if you want to meet Mary and come into the Inner Sanctum, we're gathering around mid-July and you can see it at Karen Swain slash Inner Sanctum. Mary's going to come in and we'll do some more of these processes. We won't quiz you so much. Yeah. Well, people, you can ask Mary questions, obviously. Mm. Uh, we've got just a little tribe online. There's probably about 20 or 30, but not everyone shows up. Maybe half a dozen show up, so it's not too scary. <laughs> and what I do is I edit out you know, just Mary speaking and put that on, on YouTube. So if you don't want your face on camera in public, it's not going to be on camera in public. Uh, so I keep it private so that people, you know, not everyone wants to be on camera on YouTube. Uh, that's why the Inner Sanctum is not a public thing. It's a private thing. So, yeah, and we'll, we'll continue this 
conversation and more in July. Thank you so much for being on the show again with me. It's such a delight to see you again. A pleasure. Take care, gorgeous. Isn't Mary wonderful? <laughs> we were just hatching a plan to do a workshop in September, probably mid-September on the weekend, either the 15th or the 22nd, I think, to meet your galactic family, meet your spirit guides. What were we talking about? Access your multidimensional self. Access your multidimensional. You know, Mary and I were talking about how we want this to be practical magic. Magic. It's not just about, you know, listening to channeled material which doesn't really relate to your life. It's about having practical, open, conscious awareness and and connection to your guides, be it your higher self, your galactic guides, your angels, your dead relatives if you like or you know spirit guides they come in many forms they're all subtle energy it's all talking to us we can access it we can have open communication with it as i do we can use it in practical ways <laughs> find my keys i've lost my keys can you stop the rain while i do this show like lots of things we can do we can ask them to do things so we're going to do a day uh, accessing that. She's going to use some of her hypno, you know, hypnotherapy techniques, but have you access that, you know, on a conscious level, so you don't have to lie and fall asleep and be in a um, a non-conscious, you know, frequency where you're not really in your body. Lots of healing happenings in those states, but you want to be able to access this connection and communication on a daily. You know, when you're in the supermarket, I, I saw a woman standing in the supermarket once who was running around like a chook without a head because she'd lost her purse. And I just said to my guides, where's a purse? And they said, it's in the bottom of her basket. She'd looked through a basket. You know how you look through your basket and you look and you look and you look and what you're looking for is not there? And there it was. Yeah, practical things. <laughs> so we're going to do a day in Sydney in September. If you're in Sydney or know of somebody in Sydney, send me an email and I'll let you know more about that. And obviously... Sorry, I just had a bit of something to eat in between talking to you and talking to Mary. We're going to uh, have Mary back into the Inner Sanctum. I think it's on the 15th of... Uh, of uh, let me have a look. 15th my time, 15th, 14th US. So it's a Monday morning for us uh, here in Sydney and a Sunday evening, afternoon uh, for you guys in the US. So she's going to come back and, and we'll do a bit of this you know, uh, accessing it online if you want to join us in the Inner Sanctum. As I say, I don't put up the whole uh, Inner Sanctum to the public because it's a private thing for people who want to be on camera or talking to us online. And uh, it's a paid by subscription. It's only $25 Australian a month. And we have a couple of sessions each month, sometimes three, one with me or two with me sometimes, and then one with a guest teacher. And uh, it's very inexpensive. It's only two twenty-seven a year for the whole year. Gives you access to the inner sanctum and all the recordings, and uh, you know a little group on Facebook where we can support each other and share our stories. So join us if uh, this is interests you. And um, thanks again for watching another show, accentuating the positive with Karen Swain. And let me know about your galactic family. Maybe you're already accessing them. How are they helping you practically as a human being 
you might be from another dimension or another planet but how are you navigating your human life and how are you uplifting the whole and being a part of the shift i'd like to know more about you or maybe you'd like to know more about you if you do let me know we can help thanks again love you all remember to buy the book awakened by death bye for now